Well, with our favorite movies of the past year settled, we wanted to give you listeners a bonus episode based on our worst viewings of the past year. We didn't want to linger too much on an already bad year, but these movies did not help matters, and we wanted to get them off our chests. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for an online event for peer-reviewing scripts, giving feedback on fellow writers' work, or networking with them as well. Enjoy our worst viewings of 2020. Just going off of that, you know, in terms of stuff that uh, we didn't really like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time because uh, 2020 was such a crap year. But uh, uh, in terms of a movie that just really didn't land for me, uh, She Dies Tomorrow. Uh, I know it's, it's another one that had a really divisive response. Uh, I'm firmly on, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm firmly, but uh, I really just, I didn't get what was the, I just didn't get the point. Like, uh it's sort of uh, about this 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 woman uh, who's uh, uh, who's paranoid and um, paranoid that the world is going to end tomorrow. You know, uh, you know, press prescient uh, prescient stuff. But uh, where do they go with it? It's uh, you know, sort of just uh, off the rails. And I, I just wasn't able to follow quite what uh, the filmmakers were trying to convey. Uh, it's one of those it's one of those movies. It's one of those very impressionistic movies. You know, you're going you're going to uh, get out of it what you put into it uh and unfortunately i'm usually up for those kind of movies but uh, this one maybe i just wasn't in the right uh frame of mind or anything in order to really take it in but uh it just didn't it just didn't land for me and uh it really wasn't a pleasant experience uh watching it well, the way you're framing it you make it sound like uh, a movie for me not this year but just in terms of the way it sounds um it's called She Dies Tomorrow, correct? She Dies Tomorrow, right. right. It sounds like uh, like It Comes at Night, right? Where we're, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come. It never came. But like, and it's like, ah. So sometimes the title itself can lead you down a certain path, thinking that certain things are going to happen, and they never do. That could have been the situation with this. I haven't seen that movie you're talking about. But um, yeah, be careful, filmmakers, and what you title your movie, especially mm. if you're having folks kind of anticipate certain things um they don't kind of come come to fruition but I'll, I'll i'll check that one out only because um it was such a disappointment sometimes it's it's, it's um satisfying to see a dissatisfying movie just to see what, what did or did not go well and how you actually would tweak it to make it a much better film yeah yeah again it's one of those it's one of those movies you might get something out of it that i just completely went over my head but uh you know i'm usually again i'm usually up for those movies and i'm usually able to see some gleam something from them when this one i just uh, especially where the uh where they ended up i just didn't get what the i just didn't get what the whole shebang was about <laughs> a movie that is in no way shape or form ever going to make my top anything list um, but because it was the last one I saw at the theater, which might be my last time in a the theater, who knows, depending on how this pandemic goes. Um, it, 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 um, I'm fond of it as a guilty pleasure. I'll put it that way. This movie was a guilty pleasure for me. Um, it's not great. Sorry, folks. The Hunt. I, I, I appreciated The Hunt for being my last movie in the theaters. I was like, let me savor this as much as possible. Who knows when I'm coming back? Um, well, yeah, a lot of people like that film. I'm not one of them, but yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> but I understand. I understand. I understand why people like it, and, and I can see it's definitely it's going to be, it's going to be. If you like it, it's going to be a guilty pleasure. 
Yes. So, yeah. There was there was something B movie-ish about it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But you know, all B movies, you know, aren't necessarily bad. You have, you have to kind of you know suspend, uh, I guess, some expectations around, I guess, the the quality of filmmaking of B movies. But if you can get into the story and lose yourself in it. And in my case, I did because I, I was, you know, there with like two other people because the pandemic had hit at that point. And I was, I walked into the theater, um, actually the, the actual um, lobby of the theater. I was the only person in the lobby other than like the three people behind the counter. I'm like, wow, I felt guilty about even showing up. Like, should <laughs> I be here? So I'm putting these folks to work for me and they really should be someplace safe and I should too. Then I walked into the actual theater itself Right. And I was the only one there until two other people came in uh, later on. I'm like, wow, let me savor this because I might not ever make it back to a, a movie theater. Well, disappointment for me was definitely Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84, excuse me. Oh, my God. I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as some people say it is, but at the same time, it was bad enough for this, to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to see it again. I don't, I, I mean, it was, it was that great, man. It could, especially, it's disappointing when you anticipate, because you know, the first one, I like acts one and two, the first one and the third, the third act of the uh, part one was as good as the first and second act. But, you know, uh, overall it was, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. And I liked the beginning of uh, Wonder Woman 84 and, it's one of those things, kind of like what Mark just said, like you you would like to see a, a disappointing film that kind of like as a fan in your head, you kind of imagine what tweaks could be made to make it a better film. And this is, I think, Wonder Woman 84. You could do that with this film all day because, um, and I even did an experiment on Facebook and I asked that question if you were to fix this film, like story-wise, like what would you have done differently? What would you fix? So on and so forth. And I got, you know, um, a lot of tons of comments, like over a hundred. And it was like interesting to read what, what people would have done differently, what didn't work. Kind of like a peer review, like we do in our peer review. What worked, what didn't work, you know, what, what room for improvement sort of thing kind of like deconstructing, reverse engineering it and um, putting it back together again. So, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, as far as DC Extended Universe, it also seems as if they've already tried to um, make adjustments to what had been their initial plan, right? We, much like we made, I talked about in terms of the, the Dark Universe, the DC Extended Universe has tried to create more standalone movies uh, after the the... the I wouldn't call it flops, um, but the disappointments of like Justice League, right? Or right. Superman. So I think what you're seeing, what you did see in terms of um, One Woman 84 was again, an attempt to, to redirect from what had been the pattern, the plan. Now it means going back to the drawing board all over again, if they consider what the audience is saying about this movie. I do know initially it was considered to be uh, certified fresh with Rotten Tomatoes, but then the actual rating took a nosedive uh, shortly right. after uh, people saw it. Um, the critics, I don't know if they were paid off for that initial <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score, making it certified fresh or not, but certainly the audience does not, or has not a, a mass kind of appreciated 
this movie. So maybe it means that they go back to the drawing board again and figure out um, how they're gonna kind of tweak their, their their plans for future DCEU movies. I did not see it again, um, but I, I've read and seen a lot about it. Um, and for me, it, it's enough to make me kind of throw my hands up and say, I don't, I don't think they get it. I, I, I might've mentioned in a previous show that I, um, the smallest of the, the DCEU movies, Shazam, in terms of its um, probably budget, it's, you know, stars or lack thereof, um, was for me the most satisfying. Maybe I should think about lower stakes uh, movies because, you know, they don't seem to do the, you know, oh no, the world's gonna end apocalyptic kind of stuff that well. Um, or just find some new creators behind these films because it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, snatch Kevin Feige or somebody from, from, from uh, have a coup or have oh, some man. Man. <laughs> oh, they because they don't know what they're doing at the universe. Yeah, I don't have the uh, you know uh, the discourse over uh, Wonder Woman like ruled the internet for about two days uh, a few weeks ago when it first came on, and I uh, yeah I don't particularly like it, but I don't I don't hate it. I don't have the amount of hate for it as uh, as other people do. Um, I can't I can't I can't uh, hate on a, a movie that's so unabashedly corny. Uh, it's sort of like uh, especially after the year we've had and the year we're still having, um, so. Yeah, they're they're definitely gunning for more George Reeves, uh, you know, the superhero movies where they were very, you know, earnest and uh, unabashedly corny, and uh, but you know, very very light. And uh, I don't think it just doesn't work with the Wonder Woman they established, especially in the first movie, which is so strange because it's the same filmmaking team, Patty Jenkins and uh, and company. But um, uh, it does seem that DC is course correcting with more lighthearted fare. Uh, Except that Shazam, I thought was able to balance both dark and light so well, and but it was of course their least successful in terms of the mainstream stuff. Right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll within Wonder Woman eighty four, do they explain how somehow, some way, she's in nineteen eighty four, but still was an unknown uh, in the later movies, right? Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> the, the opening scene is like her is her stopping a robbery and uh, she takes out all the cameras. So I think that's supposed to mean that uh, she's been going, every single time she shows up, she takes care of all the photographers, all the cameras and uh, any stenographers that, uh, that mention that there's a superhero powered woman that's been showing up and stopping crime. Uh, and then she pulls out one of the men in black devices and erases her right memory. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she has the lasso and everything, but uh, I, yeah, I'm not. They don't do that. They don't explain it very well. Um, yeah, because 1984, I'm thinking like George Orwell or whatever. Yeah. But I don't, because to me, if you put it in the title, it's one thing to set it in 1984, but you put it in the title, so it's like in your head, it's it, it, you're we're waiting to see why 1984, what happened 1984, why 1984. I mean, you emphasize it so. And I don't think they did a well. Uh, I, I don't know. I, to me, this seems like uh, they didn't explain it, and I'm not sure if they had a plan for it. Maybe they some. Maybe I understand. Understand. Okay, it took place in the '80s. They try to have the '80s clothes or whatever. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know why they came before. I guess that's the short answer to that question. 
maybe it was a part of a, a, a grand kind of plan or scheme in terms of what I thought was a kind of a, a separation from um, the universe. Maybe there's something within the DCEU that, that happens in close proximity to 1984 that was supposed to happen in the next, I don't know, Flash movie or, or Cyborg or whatever, you know, who knows? They probably just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if if somebody has a different answer, I'd like to hear it, but that's all I have. Thank you for listening to us on our worst viewings of 2020. Sometimes you just have to take the good with the bad, and that was certainly the case in 2020. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast and the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button in Anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing scripts meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and other life pursuits. Take care, stay safe, and continue on staying strong.